back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. So I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll here, and I have failed to knock down any pins. It has, uh, it's been a struggle today for me, but I'm trying to get myself warmed up a little bit here, and uh, hopefully uh, I'll be able to knock down some pins. We've got Ed Nixon will join us here at 1.30 from River City Roll, uh, the former VCU Ram who helped lead VCU to the Final Four. Maybe he's got some bowling tips for your boy AWOD. But we got a lot going on on the show today. Of course, you know, on Fridays, I give out my keys to victory for the Washington Commanders as they face off against the Seattle Seahawks. And it's time to do that right now. We open up the phone lines, 833-804-0910. Question of the day is, what are your keys to victory for the Commanders? Here on the Richmond Commander. It's time for the Richmond Commander. Are you ready for some- The phones are open. It's your chance to be the quarterback of this segment. There's something I like to say. Every day at 1 p.m. on AWOD Radio, the Richmond Commander. All right, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. What's it going to take for Washington to string together three good offensive performances and get two straight wins? Um, you know, they did that at the beginning of the season. But since then, it has uh, been a bit rocky. And, you know, it's rough being a Commanders fan because there's the whole topic of conversation that, hey, well, if they go on a bit of a win streak here and Ron Rivera is good in November and then maybe get in the playoffs, is he going to keep his job? Is Josh Harris going to keep him as a holdover for one more season? And I just don't think you can look at it like that because there's so many reasons to not keep Ron Rivera, including trading Chase Young, who was his signature draft pick. Trading Montez Sweat, a guy that they had in-house and uh, were able to have him improve and approve. And now he got the bag and he'll be playing somewhere else. And then you look at the draft picks from last year and this year not making as big of an impact as we need them to make. I will say Emmanuel Forbes uh, did have a decent performance against the Patriots. It was a a bit of a bounce-back game. And I I do still believe in the young corner. But he has not looked like a first-round pick. And uh, Quan Martin, even though he had the game-winning interception, has not looked like a second-round pick. Ricky Stromberg hasn't seen the field like what you'd hope a third-round pick would play like there. And so uh, I just think there's so many reasons you can point to moving on from Ron Rivera, even if this team – I mean, let's just say they won you know, seven games in a row and uh, got into the playoffs with an 11-6 uh, record. I still think – you move on from Ron Rivera, and you bring in a younger head coach, if not even given Eric Bieniemy the opportunity to be the head coach at the end of the season. But I want to play a clip here listening to Ron Rivera talk to the media about the team's improvement. Now, Ron in his time in Washington has been 9-3 and in the month of November. How does he do it? We can't figure it out. I think it's because the team's desperate in this month, but they are definitely improving over the last few weeks. Here's your head coach of the Commanders. Well, you know, I think it's a young group of guys that are really growing and developing at the same time as our quarterback. Um, you know, we, we brought Eric Bieniemy in a year ago. He's installed a new offense, and as we've started to develop and growing it, you start to see the performance um, really tick up for our quarterback and the rest of the offense. And I think as we come together as a team and play complementary football, we give ourselves the chance to win games. You know, we, we won one Sunday. We, we did the things that we needed to do as an offense, a defense, and special teams, and that gave us a chance to win. 
You know, Ryan, I think it started slowly, obviously, you know, just trying to getting his feet under him um, and the rest of the offense for that matter. And so as things have gone, you've seen the growth. You've seen the progression of his development. You see him get better and better. Every time he gets on the football field, he's getting better and better as a player, which is helping the rest of the offense as well. Because, again, you know, when, when everybody's on the same page, everybody's doing the things that they're capable of, you see the explosiveness, you see the potential and the growth. And that's the biggest thing that we're really excited about is that you see him continue to grow every time he gets on that field. You know, Ryan, I think the biggest thing is you see Eric growing as well, you know, really being the primary decision maker when it comes to calling the plays on the offense and deciding what we're going to do. I've kind of taken the approach that, you know, he and I talk about a lot of things, but really he's doing his thing. He's been great in terms of installing, installing what he wants as far as what each week's game plan has been and trying to get across the messaging to the players and how we're going to use and how effective we can be doing those things. So it's been a real positive growth for both those guys and for the offensive unit under Eric Bieniemy for us. Look, I agree with a lot of the things Ron Rivera is saying, right? Like, obviously, it was going to take some time for the offense to get used to the way Eric Bieniemy has his game plan and play style there. But uh, I totally disagree with what he's saying here because you look at the offense. The offense has not been the issue this year. He's making excuses for the defense, right? Oh, the offense has come on strong and really improved. Well, Yes, I mean, at, at times you could say that, right? But they also scored 35 points week two against the uh, Broncos. It's the defense that let this team down more often than not this season. So it's just typical Ron Rivera, right? Oh, we're excited about Sam Howell and his development. Well, yeah, and this team's record would be much better this year if the defense, the side of the ball that you're supposed to be an expert at with Jack Del Rio would be able to show up week in and week out, and that just hasn't been the case. And so he, I, I agree with him. Sam Howell is improving, and the offense is getting better, and they have strung together two straight performances uh, of good uh, of good offensive play. But where has the defense been this season, Ron Rivera? And so that's why I'm just so frustrated with him and uh, basically his excuses. Uh, but let's take a listen to offense coordinator Eric Bieniemy talking about growing as a team because you'll you'll notice anytime Eric Bieniemy speaks he speaks like he's the leader of the organization rather than Ron Rivera who's Mr. Excuses. Whatever we can continue doing moving forward to help us in a positive light that's what we want to continue doing and just like I said last week we're continuing to grow we're 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 working and growing together as an offensive unit our guys are doing the little things that we're asking of them and we're starting to see some things uh, show up on tape on a consistent basis. We just need to make sure that it can continue this particular week because the challenge is different, uh, the team is different, and the setting is different. All right, what's it going to take for the commanders, four and five commanders, to go to Seattle against the 12 and the Seahawks there and come home with a second consecutive road victory? Let's get to AWOD's keys to victory. Key number one. Okay, you look at this Patriots game here, all right? How did Washington get the win? Yes, Sam Howell was great, 325 yards, one touchdown, uh, limited the sacks to three, right? And, and I think it should have been two uh, for the game. But I more point to Howell's ability to run, Antonio Gibson's ability to run, Brian Robinson, 3.5 yards a carry and a touchdown. The fact that the team went over 100 yards rushing, I think is more of a reason why they won that game than Sam Howell throwing for over 300 yards. So my key to victory number one against Seattle, how did Baltimore beat them with the ground and pound? Washington has to have their running backs combine 
to get over 100 yards on the ground against the Seattle Seahawks. Key number two, I, I think this is the obvious one. Anytime you play on the road, how are you going to win that game? you got to win the turnover battle, right? And uh, it is almost impossible to lose the turnover battle and win on the road. Washington did that uh, against the Patriots thanks to, hey, the game-winning interceptions. They went from down 2-0 in the turnover battle to making it 2-1 and were able to get the victory there. Um, so how do you win on the road in Seattle? you got to have Geno Smith cough the ball up or knock the crap out of Kenneth Walker and have him fumble. Or, or maybe a, a special teams disaster with Quan Martin running down a, a punt and uh, tackling the Seahawks guy and making forcing a fumble there. You've got to win the turnover battle. That's key to victory number two against the Seattle Seahawks. And then the third key to victory for me, the third key to victory for Seattle or for Washington against the Seahawks is it's going to be that sack total. All right, if Sam Howell can take less than I would say three or less sacks, so under four sacks. I think if he's able to do that, you're going to have the kid play strong in the pocket. You're going to see drives will you know stay alive with his ability to pick up third downs uh, with his legs or throwing it to the tight end, Mr. Reliable, Logan Thomas, who's uh, been playing well the last few weeks here for Washington. So if Sam Howell can avoid the sacks, that is your third key to victory right there. I will give my official prediction for the game coming up on the final segment of the show today. And uh, like I told Michael Phillips, I am really talking myself into believing in this commander's team. And a lot of it is due to the fact that Ron Rivera's record in November is 9-3. and three. His teams are desperate, desperate, desperate for a win. And because of that, they're fired up, they're inspired, and usually they have a good performance, whether at home or or on the road. So those are your three keys to victory. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open, 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show, 833-804-0910. You can always tweet us at 910thefan or at AWOD Radio. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline is my guy from the Sports Junkies Drab T-shirt. What's going on, Drabby? Better late than never, AWOD. Absolutely. On, so uh, uh, we we had a mix-up there because I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll. Usually uh, we do this segment every Friday at 1245. Uh, but we got Drab on the line, so it is time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Five, we have the sound it's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. 
Awad will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend! Weekend! Don't sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on Awad Radio. All right, Drab, I'm going to let you Joan on me for a little bit here because uh, I'm broadcasting for River City Roll. You've been here uh, for Football Festival, brought your kids. And so I'm doing a fun bit here where every commercial break, I'm going to bowl a frame, right? Uh, Two rolls, and uh, through the first three frames, I have six pins down. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, first off, I love River City Roll. Great experience when I went there for the Football Festival. Great setup. Amazing loaded tots, by the way. Um, but Adam, you always you always rave about what a great athlete you are, especially at all the non-important sports like bowling and pickleball. But you know what? <laughs> You're terrible. I knew you would be terrible at bowling. You're the gutterball king. And I've seen you bowl before <laughs> when we had our junkies ratings party, and you were the worst bowler out of everybody. And that includes Cakes, who's a terrible athlete. <laughs> I know. Remember Cakes hurt his thumb and then complained oh, yeah. about it for like six months? <laughs> Cakes is, such, is, is so horrible that he went bowling one time and then needed surgery on his thumb pretty much. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so let's get to Don't Sleep on These Picks. It's presented by Don't Sleep Energy. If you need the energy to stay up, see your late-night picks go up in flames, it's easy. Go over to don'tsleepenergy.com. That's don'tsleepenergy.com. Use my promo code AWOD Radio to save some cash. All right, Drab, what is your lock of the week in the NFL? Well, we, I mean, we got a lot to discuss. I, I'm ready to make some money. It's a gloomy day here in D.C. I don't know what it's like in Richmond over there, but the only thing that's going to make us feel better is winning some money. And I know we got to save a couple of minutes to talk about the Seahawks and the Commanders because I am the Seahawks expert on the East Coast. But the game that jumps out of me off the board on the NFL is the Bengals-Texans game. It's six and a half for Cincinnati. But Cincinnati has won not only four games in a row, but all four of those games have been against the spread. They've won them against the spread. So I'm feeling really good about the Bengals minus six and a half. Yeah, that's a lot of points, but I just think people are overvaluing the Texans a little bit. Yeah, they were outstanding last week. C.J. Stroud was a great pick, and it's working out. It's I mean, the future is bright there. But it's just a week-to-week league. I think they're going to come back to earth a little bit, and they're not. And the Bengals are just playing really well for the past month of football. In fact, they might be Super Bowl contenders once again. It's in Cincinnati. I just think that Cincinnati's going to win this game by at least double digits. So if there's a game that jumps off of me on the board, it's that Bengals game. I, I like that pick, but I'm also looking at the game from Scottsdale, Arizona, or should I say Glendale, Arizona? Glendale, uh, yeah. Yep. And that is the Cardinals hosting the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, uh, Heineke's going to get the start, it looks like. I think Desmond Ur was back in practice this week. But, uh, I mean, I, I almost, like, lock it in, guarantee uh, the Falcons win this game. I don't think the Cardinals are trying to win any more games this season. Uh, so that is the game that jumps out to really? me as the lock of the week. All right. You think the Falcons are going to go west and beat Kyler Murray on the road in his first start? Uh That's questionable, but I'll be keeping an eye on it, Adam. (laughs) Yeah, you should. All right, let's move over to the college ranks. And do you have a lock of the week? You could throw college basketball in here or college football. Well, I want to talk about college basketball here in a minute because I got something to say about that. But college football, the game of the week for me, uh, to win some money on at least, is the West Virginia-Oklahoma game. 
I can't remember what time kickoff is, but I know Oklahoma is 12.5-point favorites. Now, Oklahoma has lost two games in a row. They lost to Oklahoma State last weekend. They were 7-0 and and one of the top teams. Everybody was talking about them going to the college football playoff with Dylan Gabriel as their quarterback. They lost to Kansas and Oklahoma State in back-to-back weeks, and they've looked really, really bad. They've turned the ball over five times in just the last two weeks. It's just, I think, no, six times. They only turned the game ball over five times in the first seven weeks. That's why they're losing these games. But also, West Virginia scores a lot of points. So I actually like West Virginia to cover the 12-and-a-half-point spread. Now, look, it's in Oklahoma. It's on the road. But West Virginia runs the ball really well. They have the number 7 rushing offense in the country. Their quarterback, Garrett Green, scrambles a lot. Donaldson in the backfield. They're going to stay in this game. Oklahoma's not going to be able to pull away from them. And But I also like this, the, the over 58-and-a-half. So go ahead and bang both of those because West Virginia scores a lot of points. Look at their games. They score in the 30s and 40s every game. This game's going way over 58. I love that call, man. All right, my lock of the week in college football is actually going to be a parlay. All right, this is the time of the year in college football when good teams beat up on bad teams. You see less upsets at this time, in my opinion. So I'm going to parlay Clemson to get past Georgia Tech. There's favor to win by 15. Florida State's going to blow out Miami uh, in that one. They're at home uh, in Tallahassee, Florida. And then North Carolina is going to easily take care of Duke. Uh, Duke has struck. With Riley Leonard being hurt. So uh, I'm picking the three favorites in the ACC as a three-game parlay in college football. Uh, you know what? I kind of like it. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put five bucks on that one, Adam. There we go. All right, what is your sports tilt of the week, Drab? Yeah, so I said I wanted to talk about college basketball, and my, and my tilt of the week is not necessarily BCU dropping their season opener, which is a whole other story in and of itself. I know you're spending all week talking about it. But here's my problem with college basketball. You've got games like VCU versus McNeese State on opening night. The very first two game nights of basketball of the season should be a big event. College basketball is dropping the ball. They, they wait. There's, there's no one's talking about it. And, yes, the next week I know that they have the State Farm Classic where I believe Duke and Michigan State are playing and Kansas and Kentucky. But – if you want to make a, you only get one chance to make a great first impression, Awad, and nobody's talking about college basketball because the slate this week has been terrible. Your number one game of the week is okay. I'll, I'll say it tonight is, is Arizona versus, versus Duke, but that's five days into the season already. That's the only top twenty-five matchup that I saw on the board of two top twenty-five teams the entire week. I mean, you, you had uh, Andrew Bogosh a minute ago during your commercial break hyping up like Tennessee-Wisconsin game. That's the second biggest game of the, of the week. That's a problem, in my opinion. College basketball needs to start with a bang, like they do the Chick-fil-A kickoff game in college football, where you have, or Florida State and LSU are playing each other. They're two top ten teams. Well, you've got to have that from the very jump if you want to grab people's attention. Otherwise, it's not even a good week in the NFL. It would have been a great week to be talking college basketball tip-off but instead, well, I don't know. We're we're, we're just we're just floating around out here, not talking college basketball. I don't like it. <laughs> That's a great tilt, man. I love that. This is Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Need the energy to stay up late and you see your picks go up in flames? It's easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD. Radio, need to get up early and hear the junks because you want to joan on their picks? You can always go to don'tsleepenergy.com. Use the promo code AWOD. Radio, save some cash, and uh, Don't Sleep makes you great, and they are proud to be sponsors of AWOD Radio and also Bit Season, and that's my tilt 
of the week. I, You know I love bet season. I listen to it every week as soon as it comes out. But it was November 9th, and you spent the entire show talking about beige Christmas and Christmas this and Christmas that. And Look, I, I always say... Uh, uh, being a Jewish guy, I like Christian Christmas more than most Christian people. Like, I love Christmas, all the stories, the movies, uh, the festivities, but it's November yeah. 9th, and now today it's November 10th, and you guys didn't talk about Thanksgiving and sides and stuffing, and so I we just feel like it was way too early, way it too early too to bring early. up Christmas. It, it, it was too early, in hindsight, you're right, but I, I thought we talked about Thanksgiving last week on the show a little bit. We love talking holidays. We love talking nostalgia. What we did, we should have spent more time on, Adam, was the bet that I made to get my 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 butt spanked on on Monday morning by <laughs> Valdez and EB? I mean, I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking. Honestly, I, I made a bet. If you're not aware, with Valdez last week, that the Seahawks would not lose by double digits, and Odell wouldn't score a touchdown, and the Seahawks got their doors blown off. And so on Monday morning, moments before my spanking, I I, I, I offered. Uh, Valdez a double or nothing, and I said if the Seahawks lose to the Commanders on Sunday, not only will Valdez get to spank me again, but Eric Bickle will get to spank me, and Valdez will get to throw a pie in my face. And also, my, my uh, it will be bare butt, as, as they say. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually terrified for Sunday's game now. As the closer we get to Sunday, it's starting to set in that I might be getting my rear end spanked on radio. Well, it was great radio instincts to let the bit, you know, play out for another week with with double or nothing. Uh, that was great radio instincts right there from producer Drab T-shirt. All right, so uh, let's get your breakdown. So, Commanders Seahawks. How's this game going to play out? Okay, look, everything I say, I'm saying from a Pacific Northwest bias. I was born in the state of Washington, lived uh, there for the first. 18 years of my life, and I'm a diehard Seahawks fan. But I know the Seahawks very, very well, and I know when they're going to bounce back, and I know when they get back to basics. And what they've been struggling with this year is they're trying to make the three wide receiver sets happen with with Metcalf and Lockett and Smith and Jigba, and it's just not working on a week-to-week basis. And what Pete Carroll will go into the grave doing is running the football. That's what he believes in. He believes in in controlling the game. And so what the Seahawks are going to do is they're going to dial it back a little bit. Yeah, Kenneth Walker is a little bit banged up, but they got Charbonneau as a good rookie backup running back. And what they're going to do is they're going to bring in two and three tight end sets to just kind of slow this game down a little bit, give their defense a break. That's what happened in Baltimore last week. Their defense was out on the field the entire game. They weren't on offense. They weren't converting on third downs. So the Seahawks are going to run the ball. They're going to make these third. They're going to stop taking these big sacks or these penalties, and they're going to they're going to have third and shorts, and they're going to be able to convert those more and then march down the field. Look, Sam Howell has been has, has been better than I than I ever expected. I will 100% admit that. But going into Seattle as a first year starter. It's going to be loud. The Seahawks are going to be angry. They're going to, but the more important, they're going to be more focused, and that's what they've been saying all week. The Seahawks got to help Geno out. Geno's not playing great at all. I, I admit that as well. But they, the other ten guys on the field, got to help them out. They have to do their job. The offensive line has, has been really, really weak, and they're just going to they're just going to give more protection to Geno this week, and, and they're going to run the ball. And what running the ball is going to do is going to set up those play action touchdown passes once they get into you know the thirty yard line and in. So I, I like Jake Bobo, our undrafted wide receiver to score a touchdown this week. DK might get one because we saw what Forbes couldn't do with A.J. Brown a few weeks ago. Big, strong receivers give him fits. So if, they, if, if that matchup happens, you look for DK 
just bring one on, on him as well. But I really like the Seahawks. I'm, I'm biased. Again, I am biased. But I think the Seahawks win by double digits as well. Oh, my gosh. This is what Drab T-Shirt does. He talks himself into uh, thinking his team can win. You found the name Bobo, and you just mention it every single week on my show now. Hear me out. If the Commanders win this game, all right, you're on TV every day on Monumental Sports Network, and I know because you're bald with fat lips you're going to be wearing a hat. I want you to be wearing a Commander's hat next week. (laughs) (laughs) What, when I get my spanking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wear, Wear Commander's hat also. Okay, I'll do that just for you. Uh, I, I will. I will pay my penance, uh, as they say, on on Tuesday. I think we're going to postpone it till Tuesday because on Monday everyone's going to be fired up talking about the the win for the Commanders, and so we'll fill some airtime on Tuesday with the spanking. Awesome! Thanks so much for the time, man. I appreciate it. All right, bud. Yep, that was Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com and use the promo code AWOD Radio. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM and I'm broadcasting live from River City Roll here in Scott's Edition. And River City Roll is also now the new sponsor for the Black and Gold Fan Podcast with new episodes coming out every week. It's me alongside Chris Mason, Connor Bailey, and Caleb Jones talking all things VCU hoops. And joining me right now is a former VCU hooper in the Hadid Mercer rug cleaning hot seat, Ed Nixon. What's going on, Ed? Nothing much, man. Ready for tonight. Absolutely. So uh, game tonight, uh, I'm fired up for that one. Uh, But we're here at River City Roll, and uh, this is a great place to be, hang out, watch college sports and all that good stuff. I've been here a couple times. I haven't bowled here yet, but I have some of their food. It's really good. Yeah. No, I love the pizza. But if you can see, I've been bowling throughout the commercial breaks, and I only had one good roll, and it was six pins. It's been really bad. Do you have any bowling advice for me? Uh, yes, line your feet up with the dots. Okay. And try to keep your elbow close. Oh, really? That's yeah. a good one. Yeah. Did you guys bowl when you were with VCU? Yeah, for fun. Brandon Rozell is a really good bowler. Oh, I yeah. knew you were going to say that. <laughs> He's a good three-point shooter yeah. and a good bowler. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> he, he did that on his on his, uh, on his his free time a lot. Yeah, really? Absolutely. All right, so um, first, before we get to the game tonight, let's get your reactions from the uh, disappointing loss to McNeese State. Disappointing, yes. Uh, expected, kind of. Oh really? It's they're a completely new team. Yeah, with no experience for real in, throughout the roster. You have Toby Lawall, you have Fats, you have Bam Saw who, who didn't even play. Uh, Jay Nelson got some playing time at Richmond, but playing in this system is completely different. And this is their first time playing, and they're missing Sean Bar- Barristow, who's yeah. the leader of the team. Well, that was the big thing that I noticed is that you know Ryan Odom strategically brought in Barristow and Shulga. Because they're big playmakers at Utah State, but because they're going to help everyone learn the offense. And I right. felt like they, the guys were kind of shot happy at two point, too early in the shot clock. The other right. I mean, I think they wanted to play fast. Uh-huh. You, you know what I mean? Um, but I think the pressure of the stew being packed out like that, um, McNeese State, let's give them some credit, them coming out and punching VCU in the mouth, yeah. getting up 20. They hit a lot of shots. Right, or especially early. The first half, they hit a lot of contested shots that were – you know, challenged pretty good, but they just happened to go in because they're talented players, and that was just that just made it uh, every every move, every shot, every defensive possession 
had so much weight on it. And, you know, them not being that much of an experienced team and not having that chemistry to bond together like that, it's a lot to handle. Ed Nixon with us here from River City Roll, and you were a defensive specialist at VCU, and the defense let me down, and and Ryan Odom talked about it as well. Like, too many times they let the guys, right-handed guys, get to the right side of the basket, Mm -hmm. and that's so frustrating because that's the one thing you should focus on most, right? Well, I mean, you got to know your scouting report. You know, the coaches spend hours and hours on them watching film and uh, putting together this plan. You have to follow the plan, right? And then on top of that, I felt like a lot of the time we got confused with our communication, which led to us being out of position, which led to being late for help side assignments. So we have to tighten that up, especially going into tonight's game. There were some bright spots on the offensive side of the ball, including the backcourt with Zeb Jackson and Max Scholga knocking down some threes. I I was really impressed with Zeb's ability to be a leader. I mean, he nearly had a triple-double. Almost. And, uh, I mean, this was basically – I think he started one game last year when Ace or Jaden was hurt, but this was basically his first start as the captain and the point guard. Absolutely. And that's the thing about this whole team. Everybody's stepping into new roles, right? And I think Zeb, he played pretty good the second half, right? The first half, I thought he had some jitters. He missed some early shots, turned it over, and I think he got into his head a little bit. Um, I also don't want to see Zeb shooting 12 threes. Yeah. He's capable, right? But he's so much better at attacking the basket because right. he's one of the most athletic guards in the country. Right. He He's he's a capable shooter. He's not Troy Daniels or Steph Curry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do what you do best and then show people that you can shoot a three so they respect you, right? So I say Zeb should probably have like six Six threes per game, something like that. But other than that, attack the cup because not only are you good at finishing for yourself, you can create so much for your other players as well. Yeah, I mean, it's a fine line because, like you said, they want to play quick. They want to attempt a lot of three-point shots. But, uh, you know, maybe they should work it inside and then let it kick back out because that was the issue I noticed was you didn't get enough from Furman and Roosevelt Wheeler down low. Well, I don't think they're – I don't think their games are back-to-the-basket players, right? Uh, I thought Will Wade and uh, Brandon Chambers did a really good job of running the matchup zone that they were doing. Uh, that created some confusion. They were switching everything. You want you want to get Furman and Roosevelt into some screen action or get downhill as a guard and create for them. You don't want to just throw it into them because I don't think that's their game, right? Yeah. So they have to be a little bit more aggressive on – Offensive rebounding. That's where that's where we can we can get some extra points. So you gotta you gotta figure out where you can get your points. As 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 a big man who doesn't necessarily have an offensive game like that to score on your own, you have to find other ways you can impact the game. Now it is just one game. It's a tiny sample size. But right. last season team also got off to some slow starts. And that was the issue. They went down by twenty at home. I mean that was just too many points to recover from. Right. I mean, twenty points is a lot. That's a lot in the first half. That's a lot for a new coach, a new system, new players, first game. It's a lot to overcome. And then we, like, if you're watching an NBA game, if somebody's down the first 20 of the first quarter, by the time third quarter's come back around, they can be up by 10. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in college basketball, the game is, is so much slower, so it's less opportunity to come back. You've got to fight so hard that usually if you let yourself get in that big of a hole, it's extremely hard to climb out of it. You might be able to show some fight. But you're going to get to a point where it's a seven-point game, then it's a ten-point game, a six-point game, then it's an eleven-point game, and that's exactly what happened Monday. Ed Nixon hanging out with us here at River City Roll uh, VCU with another home game tonight. You can hear it right here on nine ten. The fan, Ed, what's it going to take to get a win? 
togetherness, uh, communication, and everybody buying into their role. Okay. Everyone buying into their role. I like that. What do you think Kwani Kwani's role is? Because I, I know he – I mean, like I, we've talked about on the podcast, we kind of expect him to eventually become a double-digit scorer because he can do it from the outside, he can do it from the inside. He's such a unique, talented player. Um, if I had to guess Kwani Kwani's stats, I would want him to be somewhere between 8 to 10 points mm-hmm. and 6 to 10 rebounds. Yeah. You know, he – And he some should, of those offensive. Right. He should be a glue guy. Yeah. He should be the best glue guy. Focus on being the best glue guy you can be, and I think that propels VCU to another level. Offensively, what kind of improvements do you want to see? I want to see more uh, attacking, getting uh, paint touches. Uh, we did a lot of good things once we got into the paint. Uh, uh, Shoga getting into the paint, dropping off the toe of the wall. He yeah. had six six points easily. Right, you three know, straight one, dunks. Right, right. Yeah. absolutely. Zeb Jackson getting into the paint, kicking out to, to Billups for threes. Like, we have to get more paint touches. I, I felt Monday we did too much uh, passing on the perimeter. Yeah. And then taking threes that were good shots, but they weren't great shots because we didn't get the penetration to get the defense moving. Yeah, no, it's a great point. I totally agree with you there uh, from the half-court offense. For me, I want to see them improve transition offense. I feel like mm-hmm. we had a lot of three-on-two, three-on-one fast breaks that ended in turnovers, mm-hmm. right? It should have been a layup, but instead it was a steal for McNeese, and they were going the other way and had a four-on-three break. And I think that's where I think Matt's can really improve, right? I think Zeb, Zeb needs to just attack more because mm-hmm. I think he settled and let the defense off the hook by taking transition threes. Yeah. And I think Max has to realize – uh, when when to speed up the game and when to go his pace. This pace is a real smooth, methodical play, uh, pace, but he has to know when to kick it in into that that third gear and get downhill and kick it, kick it up to the player so they can attack. But I think that's part of just learning each other. Ed Nixon hanging out with us here from River City Roll. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. We'll get to our keys to victory and uh, some talking points for the Rams' home game tonight from the Seagull Center. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back. What's up, Ram Nation? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. And I need to let all VCU fans know that you can join Sports Radio 910 The Fan, myself, Adam Epstein, and Club D3 Travel as we broadcast live from the ESPN Events Invitational Basketball Tournament this Thanksgiving weekend at the Walt Disney World Resort. You can cheer on the Rams as they take on Iowa State, maybe Virginia Tech, Penn State is a possibility, a ton of good teams. Exclusive tournament packages are presented by Club D3 Travel. So whether you want to stay on property or off, D3 gets you in on the action. Club D3 is owned and operated by a VCU alum and Disney experts. Go online, clubd3travel.com. That's clubd3travel.com to book your trip. And even if you can't go this Thanksgiving, they can help you get to Disney World uh, whenever you want to go. And Ed Nixon will be going as well. 
Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm not going down there on Thanksgiving, though. I'm going Friday morning. Oh, you're going Friday morning? Friday morning. You got to do Thanksgiving with the family. Absolutely. We're, we're, we're all traveling to South Carolina because that's where my wife's side of the family's from. And we're going to have a big Thanksgiving there, and then I'm flying out the next morning. Nice. And then there's a game. What, is it Saturday and Sunday there's a game? No, Saturday is a day off. Saturday's the day off, right. Okay. So Friday, you know, we're going to go at it. Friday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's going to be a ton of fun. And uh, there's so many great storylines there, right, because you've got Virginia Tech, right, another local school here right. with Coach Young. Penn State's going to be in the building. And J.D. Byers is at Penn State. Uh, uh, Virginia Tech, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, Former, man. Uh, he was a coach here last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, Ed will be on the call tonight on TV on Masson alongside uh, TJ Wangert. Always cool to see you on TV, man. Man, I, you know, it's something I kind of fell into that I really love to do. Um, talk. Well, it's VCU basketball. I, right. I have a passion for it. So, I, I get paid to talk what I'm probably going to do on my couch anyway. Right, yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah. I, I love it. And it's a different perspective being courtside. Like, I, I love that seat. And, and you'll notice uh, just as much as I, like, that my favorite thing is when the ref comes over to talk to you and they mm-hmm. explain something, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah, and sometimes sometimes I don't need them to explain it. All right, I already know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, there's there's certain situations where we have a tech and you just don't know what happened, what what did they see, what did they hear. So those those type of things are really unique. So it is the Rams against the Samford Bulldogs from Birmingham, Alabama. They're 0-1 on the season. Rams looking for their first win. What's it going to take? Uh, I would say this. Samford is a really good team. They're an experienced team. Um, they play extremely fast, and they press like old-school VCU. Oh. So make or miss, they're going to be in our face, and they play extremely hard, and they play together. They move the ball very well. As, you know, So – BC is going to have to be on their on their A game. Yeah, that was one thing that was frustrating for me is I felt like we had way too many turnovers. And you know, Jason Nelson played high level AAU basketball, played at Richmond last year. He was he's too good to turn the ball over in the backcourt. Like he he can dribble past the trap. And so I think him and Zeb and and Shulga, they've got to be better against the press. And when you beat it, set it up with an easy basket. They have to attack the pressure. Yeah. Right. You can't sit back and be. Reactionary. You have to. You have to actually attack the pressure. You can't be on on your heels because if you are, that's advantage Sanford. Yeah. And they will turn you over, and they will be back in your face, ninety four feet again. So, I think the key to this attack the pressure, and you know you got to get in that paint, and you got to create for each other. Yeah. No, you're right. I don't want to you know beat the pressure and then just toss up a three, and then all of a sudden you're defending mm-hmm. uh, for thirty seconds. So I think my first key to victory, though, uh, we talked about this last segment, is I need more points from the starting center and the backup center, Furman mm-hmm. and Roosevelt Wheeler. And like I said, I don't think it's on them as much as it is on Max and Zeb to drive and dish like they did in the exhibition game when Roosevelt Wheeler was seven of seven. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I I think that this game will be different. I don't think I don't foresee Sanford coming out and playing a matchup zone. I think they're going to go man to man, right? Which that benefits us in a sense because now now that you're not switching, somebody's going to have to guard Zeb Jackson. If we do run the screen roll, somebody's going to have to guard Zeb Jackson. Yeah. Somebody's going to have to guard Max. Somebody's going to have to guard Jay Nelson, and we're going to be able to take advantage of certain uh, mismatches and create for others. So, I think this game is is going to look a little bit different. We're going to be a little bit looser. You know, we're not going to be as uptight, but I do fear if we get down early, we we may start to panic. Yeah, right, and I don't want that to happen. So that's why my, my key number two is, is to get off to a hot start, offensively and defensively. I mean, we have so much length that we should be blocking as a team from like eight shots a game. 
I mean, I, I agree, but that all starts with being in the right position. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're out of position, you can't you can't block the shot because you're not where you're supposed to be. So I, I think that the, the coaching staff really uh, – what's the word? They really addressed the defense mm-hmm. in, in these leading up to these practices, and I believe they had great practices, great energy, and they're really locked in, and they really want to win. Um, so I'm just looking forward to see what they have tonight. Max Scholga really impressed me with his outside shooting, mm-hmm. and uh, it just kind of seems like he can get himself a shot anytime down the court. Did Ma- you notice that? Yeah, Mac- Max is a smooth – he's a smooth criminal, you know what I mean? <laughs> His his game is he goes at his own pace, right? So when you have a player like that goes at his own pace, he's going to get to the spots on the floor he wants to get to. He has a capability of shooting it from from deep, um, and we're going to need that tonight. And we're also going to need his leadership. He is probably the most experienced player that we're going to have playing tonight um, from a winning program. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to really step up and be vocal along with him and Zeb, Zeb Jackson if VCU looks to prevail in this matchup. Michael Bell is such an interesting player because he is ready to play at this level Mm -hmm. defensively and with rebounding. Mm -hmm. Offensively, there were a few times where I felt like guys closed out too quickly on him and he could have just gone right past them and finished. And He got himself in no man's land a little bit. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And that comes with more experience, you know, and being more comfortable. Um, And the only thing that's going to fix that is time. Yeah. You know, for Michael Bell and even even Fats, Fats is – He's a yeah. red shirt freshman, you know. Right. So this is going to take time for them for those guys to to really feel comfortable within the offense, this new system, and uh, really start to see see them benefit from it. So yeah. be patient. Yeah, you know, because Fats had that one play where he was kind of in the middle of nowhere and pulled up with a runner, and it's like you know, where's the mid range jump shot? It's, right. it's dead in college hoops sometimes. Well, well and, and the crazy the crazy thing about that is Fats is a very capable mid range shooter. I see him shoot it in practice. So it's it's just them getting comfortable. That's all it really is. And yeah. and the game's slowing down. Right now, the, the game is so fast for them. Um, and once they get to slow down, you'll see the, the best of Michael Bell, the best of Fast Billups. All right, so you can hear Ed Nixon call the game tonight on Masson. Always cool to do the color for your own school, right? Right. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. <laughs> no, it's all a ton of fun. And I'll be on the broadcast, 910 The Fan, now 105.1 FM, and on our sister station, 98. FM with Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. So, have you been out to the BDC recently to see these guys practice? Um, I I've been out there last week. Not okay. I didn't want to after the loss. I did yeah. I didn't want to show up there and just you know partake. That was uh those those are practices where I call like intimate practices. Yeah, where to be all the players are just locked in with the coach and staff and they need to figure some things out. So. I, I've been before yeah, the so first what were, game. What were your observations when you went to see practice? Well, one, there's always somebody hurt. You know, this team has been struck with an injury bug, and they really haven't had their full team competing and practicing together um, without something over their head, whether it be Sean, whether it be Bamasol. You know, there's always something. Yeah. So um, that's one thing I noticed. But they just have some growing pains. They're going to have some growing pains this whole season. And hopefully, you know, with the coaching staff, and I, I have full trust in Coach Odom, Darius, Bradford, all those guys. Um, I have full trust in them, but this is going to take some time to bring some of the guys along to get to the product that we really want to put on the floor. Yeah, no, and, and you mentioned the guys that you played with, Darius Theus and Bradford Burgess, and they're in new roles, and it, it's going to take them time. Like you know, I noticed during the game, you know, when they were in timeout, that uh, Theus was kind of just kind of listening and paying attention. And I said to my friends. 
I know when he gets more comfortable, he's going to like grab Jason Nelson and be like, hey, you can do this, this, and this. It's all about getting more comfortable in your role there. Right. And, you know, it's a learning experience for everybody, right? Uh, Bradford has, you know, did uh, this stuff for the Bulls, this stuff for OKC, but now he's coming back and coaching college, which is a completely different animal. Darius has been an assistant coach for two years, including this one, and now he's in a new system. First, he was at Siena, so now you got you don't want to step over overstep your boundaries. It's all about learning and being comfortable, and it's a learning process for everybody. And as the season goes, we'll get better. How many points do you think we're going to score as a team tonight? I mean, everybody was so shocked with the exhibition, 110 points, and then, mm. you know, three-point shooting wasn't falling the other night. I thought we did better second half of uh, three-point shooting. Um, but I think tonight's game we're going to probably – I'll say 70. Okay. Plus 70. Okay, so maybe a, a race to 75 points uh, yeah. to get the win tonight. Because I believe the pace is going to be extremely fast. Okay. So I, I, I do believe we get 70. Ed, always appreciate you stopping by. You know my uh, my line's always open anytime you need to come on the show and promote anything or anything like that. Appreciate uh, that, we man. Appreciate Thank it, you. man. Yep. And uh, check him out on Masson tonight. We usually say pause or mute the TV and listen yeah. to Robbie, <laughs> but when Ed's on, you can keep the TV volume going. <laughs> That's Ed Nixon. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan.